bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. And now, today's word. Fourthly, Abraham did something very interesting. The Bible says he continuously gave glory to God. So when Abraham went to prayer, he wasn't praying for a child. He lived a life of gratitude and worship. Abraham didn't make having a child his prayer topic. He made giving glory to God his prayer topic. So anytime he goes to his prayer chamber, he doesn't say, God, please give me a child. Oh God, please. Remember I prayed last year. Oh God, please don't pass me by. Pass me not a gentle savior. Hear my humble cry. No. Anytime Abraham went to prayer, he says, Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I thank you. You are a faithful God. You are a prayer answering God. Your word is true. Your promises are true. All things are possible to you. I trust you. You are the maker of the universe. You are the creator of the universe. You hold all things by the word of your power. That's all Abraham did. Giving glory to God, giving glory to God, and not praying about his problem. Because he was fully convinced that what he has promised, he is able to do. And that God calls the things we be not as though they were. If you really believe God, you will not harass him with too much prayer. You will do what Abraham did. You will give glory to him. You will thank him. You will honor him. You will not make one issue a constant prayer. So when you go to pray, all you pray, oh God, this is my money issue. No, oh God, this is my money. Oh God, this is my money. Oh God, this is my money. Oh, no. You go to his presence and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. You are good and your mercies endure forever. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And just worship him and love him and thank him. Has your situation changed? No, but you are fully convinced. That he who has promised is faithful. And because of that, Abraham continuously gave glory to God. Continuously. He continuously gave thanks to God. Which is an expression of faith. In Romans chapter 4, the passage we just read, we are introduced to two kinds of faith. The first one is weak faith, and I'll talk a bit about weak faith, and then I'll talk about strong faith, and then I'm done. Weak faith, weak faith. What is weak faith? Weak faith is faith that lives by the senses. Faith that lives by the senses. This happens when we believe God, but always look out for physical endorsement. Your main senses are sight, Hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. These are the means by which we evaluate what is happening around us. So when a person has weak faith, for example, when they believe God for healing, anytime they feel better, a little better, they are very happy. Oh, I believe the healing is working. I believe God has healed me. And then the next day, the symptoms become bad. And they say, oh, I don't think this thing is working. I don't think, I, I don't think so. I, don't think, I have to go and see my doctor again. I have to go and do another checkup. I have to. Now, if you believe God, then your senses must not control your faith. 
Abraham did not con consider his senses. Weak faith is controlled by the senses. You get up in the morning, you feel good. You say, this is the day the Lord has made. I believe I'll prosper. You get up in the morning, you feel bad. In the name of Jesus, I bind all the witches of my family and I cast them out. Weak faith. Stimulated by how you feel. Stimulated by how you feel. What you hear. What's going on around you. Weak faith is not is faith that is not based on the word of God, but on the senses. What is what we feel, what we see, what we smell, what we taste. Secondly, weak faith is based on the circumstances. It's subject to circumstances. When it looks like things are going well, faith is vibrant. When it looks like things are not going well, faith is down. That was Peter's faith. As far as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was walking on the water. Then he takes his eyes off Jesus and starts looking at the waves. He starts sinking. Weak faith. Jesus says, you have little faith. You have little faith. It's weak faith. It's based on circumstances. The circumstances should not be the barometer of your faith. Your faith is in the word of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by hearing. We walk by faith and not by what we smell. We walk by faith and not by what people make us feel. Weak faith is faith that is always responding to what we feel, what's going on around us, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the nations. When everything is down, God can still lift you up. And when everything is going up, God can tell you not to move. Sometimes when everybody is doing something that seems prosperous, God will say, don't do it. Because our faith is not circumstantial. Our faith is in the word of God. It's in the living of the Holy Spirit. We walk by faith and not by sight. Our evidence is the word of God. So, weak faith is always based on what is happening. So you want to build a house, and you look at the economy and say, well, based on the economy, I don't think I want to build a house. It's commonsensical. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice commonsensical way to do it. But if you believe that this year is the year for you to have that house, and that is the rhema word of Jehovah in your spirit, then whether the economy is doing somersault, you will still build your house. It's not based on how you feel. It's based on the promise of God. And when God gives you a word, he's factored in all the ups and downs of history. And his word has gone ahead of you to prepare success for you. He knows the end from the beginning. God is not shocked by anything that happens around you. His word is always yes and amen. All right, so that's weak faith. Now let's talk about great faith or strong faith. I'm going to read two scriptures and then I'll make a couple of comments and then we'll close. 
two scriptures. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 10, and Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. In the lifetime of Jesus, in the lifetime of Jesus, in his recorded earthly ministry, there are only two people that Jesus described as having great faith. Only two people. Only two people. One was male, the other was female. I believe that tells us that both male and female can have great faith. Neither of them was an apostle of Jesus or even a disciple of Jesus. It just tells us you don't need to have a high theological title to have great faith. Ordinary people can have great faith. So let's read the two accounts of people whom Jesus described as having great faith and then I'll comment on them. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 10. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I said to this one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I have not found such great faith. This man's faith is described as great faith. The second description of great faith, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is de severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. O woman, great is your faith. He Jesus described the faith of his chief apostle, Peter, as little faith. He described the faith of his disciples when they couldn't cast out a demon after he had come up from the Mount of Transfiguration as having no faith. And yet he described these two people as having great faith. So what did they have that Peter didn't have? What did they have that the disciples didn't have? And I'm going to comment briefly on them. So what is great faith? Great faith is faith that does not depend on physical presence. Faith that does not depend on physical presence. The centurion did not need Jesus' physical presence in order to believe in his power. 
Jesus says, I'm, I will come and heal him. He says, you don't need to come. I don't need your physical presence. Weak faith waits for hands to be laid on them before people can believe for healing. Great faith believes that there is no distance in prayer. Weak faith trusts in religious relics like crosses, crucifixes, holy water, oil, piece of cloth. But great faith believes that the name of Jesus is above every name. Great faith doesn't wait for physical objects to believe. Much of our African faith is weak faith. Because most of us are always waiting for something physical to believe in. Great faith doesn't wait for physical things to believe in. Great faith understands the power of spiritual laws. The centurion understood how power works. He knew that all truth was parallel. He knew that if his word had power beyond his person, then Jesus' word will have power beyond his person. So he just said, if my word, and I'm not a Messiah, and I'm not a son of God, I'm just a centurion. If my word sent can move a group of soldiers, then this man's word sent can move a group of demons. He believed there was no need for physical contact, that the word of God is powerful and able beyond time, beyond distance to reach out everywhere and cause a miracle. I believe in laying on of hands. I believe there are times when we need to be anointed with oil, but I also believe we can go into excesses of that where our whole faith moves from the authority of the Holy Spirit and his power to physical tokens. And when our faith shifts, our faith has moved from great to weak. Weak faith is looking for physical evidence. Strong faith, great faith, believes that wherever God is, his power is there. That when I'm prayed for across distance, I still will receive the answer. There is no distance in the realm of the spirit. It doesn't hold faith based on physical support systems. That's why Jesus said to that woman, I have never seen such faith. Contrast that with the disciples. When Jesus was not with them, they couldn't work a miracle. When Jesus was not there physically, they couldn't believe for anything. This man says, I don't need you to be there. And I believe your power will flow. And Jesus says, I wish my own disciples understood that. That is great faith. Great faith. The second thing about great faith is that great faith persists beyond discouragements. It goes beyond discouragement. The woman of Canaan did not allow inconveniences to stand between her and the power of God. And look at the, the discouragement she faced. Jesus did not answer her a word when she first started calling. Jesus did not answer her a word. It means that she was praying without response. Jesus didn't answer her a word. She didn't hear anything from Jesus. And not only that, the disciples wanted to send her away. It means even church people were discouraging her. 
Jesus told her, this is the second, the third discouragement. Jesus told her, I am not even sent to you. You are not on my agenda. Fourth discouragement. When God says you are not on his agenda, that's serious. That's third. Fourth discouragement. Jesus told her that she could not be given the children's bread. That means she was not deserving of what she was seeking for. I mean, this is enough for somebody to say, even the Savior himself says, I am not on the agenda, and this miracle is not for me. But she says, sir, even the crumbs, even the crumbs that fall from the tables of the children, which you say is mine, I want it. The crumbs. Because this woman understood that the same ingredients in the whole bread is the same ingredients in the crumb. The crumb didn't come from another bread. The crumbs came from the same bread. If the children's bread will heal them, then the crumbs that fell down from the children's bread will also heal me. So you say that the crumbs are mine, I want it. Great faith always demands for what belongs to it. People of great faith, they go out for what belongs to them. When God says this is yours, even if it is an obscure promise, they will go for it and claim it. Even if it is a promise that is hidden way out there in the book of Leviticus, they will go and search for it. Wherever that promise is, great faith will pursue it and will take it and live by it. If you want to have great faith, you have to move from the physical evidence to just believe raw in the power of the word. If you want to have great faith, then even when you are discouraged, you persist until you see the power of God demonstrated in your life. yourself an unparalleled experience of divine revelation and spiritual empowerment. Greater Works 2023. Speakers, Pastor Matthew Ashimoloa, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, Bishop Mike Okonko, and your host, Pastor Mensah Otobu. Date, Monday 31st July to Friday 4th August. Morning sessions from Tuesday 1st August to Friday 4th August. Time, 9 a.m. Evening sessions, Time, 5 p.m. each night. Venue, Christ Temple East, Teshi. Buses will be available at vantage points across the city to convey you to and back from the conference. Visit gwcentral.org for more details. Greater works. Ignite your faith. Transform your life. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otebill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.